Welcome, everybody, to a another season of the Outdoor Ed Fish Camp Hunt Podcast. I am Matt Mascarinas. The first show of the season, and we're going to dig right into ice fishing. Uh, that's one of my favorite times of year, one of my favorite times of the season. One of my favorite things to do is go ice fishing. And uh, we are here in Colorado, and you better believe we've been on the ice. Uh, in the high country, we've been on the ice a lot sooner than we have. We just started to be able to crawl around on the metro ice here in the uh, city limits. The metro area. I said metro ice, right? The metro area ice, I guess that's the best way to can. We, we all, I always talk or when I talk about the ice down here um, when it comes to Colorado, I always, we, we always refer to it as front range ice. Uh, I, I've gone over this before in the past, but I think I'll go over it one more time real quick uh, as I am in Colorado. And I know, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of you that listen to this that are from Colorado, which is awesome. But I know that there also is some of you that do not listen to this. Uh, that are from Colorado. So uh, with that being said, or with that in mind, I should say, uh, there are, when I do refer to the front range, that's mostly metro area ice. And I think everybody can understand and agree that uh, metro ice in general means around town. Uh, Our ice is a lot different here. We usually get, and ice usually comes on right around that beginning of January time frame anyway for us here. So uh, we had a we didn't get any snow till like I feel like the second week or no, we didn't really get any snow till almost a good amount of snow that they tracked. It was I think it was that New Year's Day, I think, or it might have been sooner than that, too. I can't remember if we did. It was just real brief, really brief storm. But things the for the uh, down around the metro area it, they looked grim for us but they are a lot better now i feel like we still have like maybe a couple weeks if in the best case scenario the entire month of january uh to ice fish down here like i said around the front range area but in the high country we're going to have ice uh I, I would i would imagine all the way up until march and through march but today's episode of the podcast i am going to Dig in as I was sitting here today going through. I just got back from an ice trip uh, over the weekend, and I have some time now to go through some jigs uh, and spoons. And I wanted to kind of go through how I pick out jigs and spoons uh, for maybe for the day, uh, maybe for the particular body of water I'm fishing, and uh, go over the d- different types of spoons and jigs that uh, I like to use. Uh, Also, check this out on YouTube also as well. I will be doing a video about this. Uh, I'm probably going to start recording some of these types of podcasts uh, where I just talk about tech tips and uh, give you a better visual presentation along with the podcast. So check that out on the YouTube, um, the Outdoor Ed Fish Camp Hunt uh, YouTube channel. I believe that's all it is. I don't th- I don't know if I call it have outdoor TV in there if it's that's what it is or if I changed it. Um, I revamped things. So just look for outdoor ed uh, fish camp hunt and you should find it if you want to find those. Uh, plus with other other quick tip videos like that coming down uh, the pipe as we move forward into this season. Anyway, without further ado, I've rambled a lot here in this intro. 
uh, please enjoy today's podcast. Um, and if you like it, uh, give us a like. Uh, and if you are prompted to, uh, give us a rating and a review. Uh, but anyway, um, wherever you get your podcast, I don't know where everybody's getting their podcast now. I know I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and uh, I believe Google Play and a couple other spots as well. So uh, like I said, uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Uh, episode one of season four. Thank you for being here again with me. I hope you enjoy it. Jig spoons, rattle baits. Um, uh, what do you what, what would you call it? rip baits, rip rap baits kind of styles? Uh, jigging. Um, I'm trying to think of all the categories of different types of ice fishing lures you can have. Because uh, I, you know, jigging wraps, blade baits. I don't know if you particularly would put those in a spoon or jig category. So today I'm going to talk about blade baits and those kind of ripping style baits, uh, in a different podcast, maybe at the end of this episode, but I'm going to try to keep this episode strictly to spoons and jigs when it pertains to ice fishing. So just understand that I, I know that there are blade baits, ripping type type style, uh, aggressive jig baits. Um, I, I mean, I really, and, and I'll, I'll think of a category to put those baits into. I, I think ripping baits are probably the best category uh, that I can think of because that's that's what we're doing with those types of baits. But anyway, today, this episode, we are just going to focus on spoons and jigs. Now, of course, there are always different types of spoons and jigs for any different type of application. And you can also take spoons that you use uh, and, and, and jigs for the most part, kind of, sort of from your open water, um, summer applications, you can take those spoons and jigs and even apply them to, uh, ice fishing. I mean, the best example that I can give and one of my all time favorite spoons is a Castmaster nickel blue. And, and if you don't know what that means, uh, nickel blue means it's half of its nickel and half of its blue. That's my favorite cast master. My favorite spoon lure, whatever you want to call it of all time. Uh, if there was any type of lure that you told me I had to, I had to pick a lure that I can only use one lure the rest of my life. And that would be it. Cause I can do all kinds of things with that lure. I can jig it. I can jerk it. I can just straight cast and retrieve it during the open water. Um, and then ice fishing, I can get, I can do, I can, it can be a, uh, what we're going to get into here with the spoons. It can be three different types of spoons. Uh, you can use three different ways to, to fish that spoon. It's, it's so versatile that it's, it's one of my all time favorite fishing lures ever, ever. And, and that's kind of, that's one of those spoons and lures that I'll, uh, I'll have tied on going ice fishing. It's a, it's either going to be a quarter ounce or an eighth ounce, depending on what kind of fish I'm targeting. It's typically going to be that quarter ounce. If I'm going for like trout or lake trout, if I'm trying to catch those pups, uh, those smaller lake trout to eat, take home and eat, um, for the smoker in particular, I love smoking those, those smaller 20 inch lake trout, but uh, I I'll start out with the cast master. A quarter ounce is, is quarter ounce, three ace. And then I go up from there, but right off the bat, I'm going to have, and it's a spoon. I, I put that in the spoon category. 
is a cast master. So that's kind of where I'm starting out at. That's kind of like my base. That's my foundation of spoons. Now, that's that's a versatile spoon. That that spoon can be in all all three categories of spoons. And the way I kind of look at spoons and I categorize them is I'll look at a spoon as a rattling bait, a rattling type of spoon, spoon that has a rattle in it, uh, a spoon that's kind of a, 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 a what do you, I, I want to call them um, a vertical presentation. I had a good term for it, but now I don't like it. <laughs> so I have the, uh, uh, like I said, like a rattle type of spoon, which is, which is a rattle bait, which has got a rattle in type of the, in the spoon. You know, I'm thinking like a buckshot spoon. Um, I, uh, uh, a cast master just recently came out with a rattle bait type, type kind of spoon. There's a couple other ones that they have, but I'm, I, the ones I use a lot, what I'm thinking of and, and why I put that, put this type of spoon in a category all itself is because of the way it acts, because it does have that chamber of the rattle. So the first kind of, kind of, kind of classification, I like to use these spoons or put these spoons in would be a rattle type of spoon. Uh, and then I'm going to look at like a, a flutter, uh, flutter type of spoon. And what I mean by a flutter is one that's, you're going to, I'm talking like, uh, when I say a flutter, uh, a flutter fish, you know, a PK flutter fish, right, right off the bat, a PK flutter fish, um, uh, jigs and spins has has a good flutter spoon uh, that's that's out there and in, in av- that, that that's available. That one of the, one of my favorite spoons. Uh, I really like to use those. I just got onto one here uh, last year. It was a, a quiver spoon from Lindy, um, and also too, you know, um, the the forage minnow from uh what is that I, I just forgot i just mentioned them too um uh, anyway there's so many I, i'm gonna get i don't want to get stuck in labeling manufacturers even though i just did but i'm just saying those type of manufacturers so i can tell you what kind of spoon i'm looking at um what i'm thinking of so like i said we have a rattle spoon kind of a buckshot spoon but a spoon that that, that has a rattle in it also that's my first kind of category that i look at and then I have a flutter type type of spoon, one that you when you when you work it and it and you fish it, you pull it up and it, it, it does more of it turns over on its side, it flutters down. You know, a Swedish pimple will do that as well. A cast master will do it. Um, but that's my kind of like my my second category. Then my third category is kind of those those uh, those heavy those heavy metal kind of spoons, those heavier spoons, those um, if you want to if you want to look at like a a herring like a crippled herring um uh, something like that you know uh those those spoons that are a lot heavier uh, a kale wobbler you know um is, is a spoon that i use a lot i love that one of those spoons for lake trout that that's more of a flutter a flutter kind of slash heavy metal kind of kind of deal and what i'm looking at what i what i categorize those heavy metal spoons and this is this is my categories this is how i put them in together you might have different categories so don't get stuck on the categories but get get just pay attention to the the way the way i like to work them is is what i'm is the way i'm the best way i'm trying to explain the types of spoons and where i put them into categories is the way i like to work them if i'm working a heavy metal spoon I'm gonna to want to. It, it, I'm gonna to want to get more of a reaction from pounding the bottom. A reaction from getting really aggressive. I'm talking being extremely aggressive with these types of spoons, with the heavy metal spoons in particular. I want to get that 
that uh, that what the hell is that going on? What the hell is that over there? What what that kind of reaction from a fish? I want to come over and check those out. And, and this is also another a good option too. And and when I say heavy metal, I'm, I'm not thinking you know something along the lines of of uh, a three eighths and up. You know, up to a half ounce, uh, an ounce, an ounce and a half. I'm not talking that heavy. I'm talking heavy spoons, but relative to to what to what you're fishing, what you were targeting, and and I mean you can have like a quarter ounce spoon, like some of those mimic mim, mim, uh, excuse me mimic minnows um, or those forage minnows. Uh, the, the, the one I'm thinking of in particular is a little tiny forage minnow. If you put that on, I, I want to say it's like an eighth or a sixteenth. But if you put that on the right line combination and and you uh, go and present that for perch, uh, for crappie, bluegills even, and, and you do that that technique and you beat up the bottom um, with and you put that in that heavy kind of heavy metal category, uh, uh, kind of aggressive style spoon that um, that I like, you can you can catch those kind of fish too. So it's don't don't just think of heavy metal and like maybe you know lake trout or smallmouth deep water smallmouth um, can you, you can catch fish like that sometimes too uh, with those heavier metal spoons. But when I'm thinking of heavy metal spoon, I'm thinking of a really aggressive spoon that you're going to. It's going to be on. You're not going to get much action out of it when when you when you rip it up and you let it fall. You're not going to get a ton of action. You're going to get more of kind of like a short tiny tiny rolls or short rolls that are going down but the what you're looking for is that bomb on the bottom that kind of that boom that pups that uh, creates all that dust and 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 uh what's uh, what can you call it um that soot and stuff that's down there on the bottom soot's more of like fire stuff like is uh more like uh if you got fire that lays down um that sediment that just 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 get something going down there and maybe heck maybe you you start a frenzy maybe you start there's there's a lot of bugs there's a lot of larvae there's a lot of stuff in that mud in that sand if that's what you're working that you could get get start a lot of things going so that's what i kind of like to do with those heavy metal spoons and you know what i'm talking about they're heavier they're a little bit more dense uh they're they're slender they could be slender they could be a little bit fatter um but they're they're typically there's not much to them as far as a flutter as far as a comeback down to the bottom uh but what you're really getting out of those those heavier type of spoons those heavier metal spoons is the aggressiveness and also making that bottom disturbing that bottom is what i like to do with those kind of spoons now uh back into the uh, over into the fluttering category now you can have one spoon that does all these like i said the castmaster you can do everything everything i've just said you could do that with the castmaster but when you get into the flutter type of spoon now you're getting into like 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 I, like I mentioned the flutterfish. Uh, there's 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 one that um, a custom jigs and spins. It's one of my favorites that I like to use. There's there's a lot of these kind of spoons that are out there, and what I'm talking about those spoons is they're lighter. Uh, they might be they ha- might have a little bit of curve to them. Uh, they they might even be stamped in some way. Uh, there's there's uh, there's there's different. There's they're usually thinner. Uh, a heavy metal spoon is going to be a little bit thicker. You know, like I said, more dense. These spoons are a little bit more lighter. You know, an eighth, an eighth or quarter could feel like a sixteenth or even lower than that. You, you, you definitely have to match your line combo if you want to get a really good presentation out of this. A uh, heavier line can get more action out of a bigger spoon. Keep that in mind too. But don't go the other way. Don't try to have like a a six pound with a with a lighter 
uh, a weighted spoon, you're not going to get the action you would. Like if I said, like, like I just said, if you had a little bit of heavier line, six pound line, eight pound fluorocarbon, I'm talking about mono is probably going to be a little bit too thick for these kind of presentations, but um, you can definitely get away with those bigger spoons and getting those different kind of reactions. The smaller you go on the spoons, definitely the lighter would be better with these types of flutter spoons. Uh, now, one real quick, real quick thing I didn't mention on the on the heavy metal spoons, that that heavier line can definitely benefit you, uh, but it's not necessary. You know, definitely if you have a four pound test line and you're 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 running a quarter ounce, one of those heavy quarter ounce spoons, and you're getting that pop, you might put a beating on that knot. I don't. I I, I would go a little bit heavier if you're going to go heavier on a spoon. I go heavier on the line as well. Probably six pound is where I would start. But uh, if you're losing, using super line or a braided line, something stuff like that, then it's different than you're looking at the leader and it's not that big of a deal there. It can be, but, it, but there's different aspects that go from there. So that was just a little sidebar I didn't mention on the heavy, uh, heavy metal spoons. Now over to the back to the flutter spoons. And like I said, matching line and matching, and, and this will go with the jigs too. But in, in, in any presentation, you match the right type of line. And this is for you to figure out. you got to figure out what works best for you. I can tell you what to start out with. But until you know what you want, until you've experienced that, you're not going to know. And and just take what I say as a basis. and But definitely pick out what works best for you. When you... The flutter spoons, the reaction and the action you're looking for is... And, and one thing with this flutter spoons too, also... And you'll find this with tube jigs and other type of baits, but we're talking about these flutter spoons and you might run into it with the heavy metal too. It depends is if you are using electronics, if you are using a, 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 a flasher unit, if you're using an LCD unit, you're going to, you're going to run into where that, that spoon is going to fly off to the side and out of the cone angle. And you're not going to be able to see it come up, uh, on your, on your screen. So don't freak out about that, but that's what these spoons will do, especially if you're working it aggressively. And these don't take a lot to get aggressive with. A simple pull up, and when you pull that that spoon up, and then you let it fall on slack line, meaning you don't you don't uh, you 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 kind of put your rod tip. So if you pull it up and then put your rod tip back down, that's going to fall on slack line, and that bait's going to kind of jump off to the side of the hole. And then when you go to pull it up, it's going to go get it real aggressive, flutter up, and then it's going to flutter off to the side of the hole. Now, if you get a heavier spoon and you want to stay strictly vertical, uh, you can do little short pulls, uh, short pops. I, I wouldn't get too aggressive with this type of style bait because you're going to get fouled up. It's going to go off to the side and not really going to get what you, I mean, not saying you won't catch fish at it that way, but it's it's going to be a difficult bait, bait to fish for you if you are really aggressive. Not saying, and again, this is this is things that you need to figure out for yourself. Maybe you maybe your aggressive isn't as aggressive as mine is, and and or maybe maybe you're that's the way you like to fish, and and that's the way you can read and you can fill that bait because there's a lot of things that go into that. Now you're starting to watch that line. So when you pull up, and that bait flutters back down, now you're going to start watching that line to see if it moves instead of looking at your electronics or waiting to see your rod tip move. You're going to start watching that line with the flutter. But the flutter spoon is going to get that flutter fish, you know, that, that, uh, that, that look of a dying bait fish coming down to the bottom, an injured bait fish, uh, or, or maybe, maybe you're working it and it come, that, that fish comes in, bites it, misses it, takes a swing, you let it fall back down. Maybe that fish will think or react that, hey, I, I just stunned that bait. Now I'm going to come in and finish it and you'll get another shot at it. Um, that, this type of spoon 
in my opinion, is good in clear water because it's not aggressive. It's not too aggressive to where you're going to spook fish. Because in clear water, don't forget in clear water, ice fishing, you can. There's there's a lot of stuff that the fish can see and experience from the bottom to the top if you're in clear water, especially if you're fishing shallow water. I mean, I'm talking if you're in clear a clear water lake uh that has really good visibility you could see probably straight down almost 15 12 12 15 maybe even 20 feet in some some cases and looking up at a big block of ice with holes in it just think about the 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 fish and stuff like that so a subtle a, a subtle kind of reaction to a spoon um is going to be ideal in those clear water situations. Uh, you could get away with a, a, an aggressive heavy spoon, one of those heavy metal type type of spoons in that category for sure in clear water. But again, um, for me, I, I would I would tend to go towards that flutter option as opposed to a heavy metal if I was fishing fishing clear water conditions. Um, heavy metal you know type stuff where you want to make a lot of noise and make a lot of stuff make a lot of distractions and stuff like that those are good for dirtier dingier uh not as as clear water uh so you can like i said cause commotion cause say hey what what the heck's going on over there i gotta go check it out uh if i'm that big old freaking walleye off to the side i gotta go see what's going on over here because uh if if there's something to get get eaten over here i'm gonna make sure i'm the one that goes and has that shot to eat it then moving on to a rattle spoon type of situation this is this is this is where i love uh nighttime and you know dirty dingy water uh bad water conditions water clarity conditions rattle spoons this is where they shine in my opinion they they are just tremendous and and this this goes back to you know open water situations um where where you're doing the same thing you're trying to 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 attract those fish to get those fish uh if you're fishing dirty water maybe you're throwing a spinner bait maybe you're throwing to get that lateral line going to get something popping to get something going uh you're doing the same thing with this with with a rattle type of situation and then also you know add on to that so so say maybe you got a rattle on a flutter fish type on, on a fluttering type of spoon maybe uh maybe you got a rattle on a heavy metal that kind of you know throws into uh also you know other options again getting that lateral line going more distraction more things more more attractant to these fish to get these fish excited and ramped up to give you a shot at catching them uh these are all things that go into having a great day on the ice but the rattle baits there's there's a lot of them and you can even there's a lot of baits that you can add your own rattles uh rattle just just creates more you know i i I think trout uh walleye trout you know actually i take that back i don't know i'm not gonna say they don't prefer rattle baits but on the ice what i've noticed a rattling spoon uh doesn't I, i haven't really done well with a rattling spoon with for trout you know stop talking like stock trout rainbows browns stuff like that uh browns are a little bit more aggressive so maybe but rainbows they 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 like that flutter a lot more and then the if you beat the bottom up a little bit with it but but i do i do have noticed that species of fish you know pike love something with a rattle something with to to pike are really interested fish so a big old buckshot spoon um would be would be pretty pretty interesting i i I would use for something like for for pike if you want to catch them now i'm not saying that you're not gonna a pike's not gonna come flying in and 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 snap that off uh you know snap that spoon off or that's gonna be your best bait uh but 
you could run into a pike. They do like that. They are attracted to that rattle noise kind of kind of situation. And in dirty, dingy water, you know, walleye can be attracted to that. Perch can be attracted to that. Crappie, bluegill, stuff like that. Uh, they can be attracted to, to that rattle style um, of bait and spoon. So those are kind of uh, my three categories um, of spoons that I use or that I have tied on. Uh, right now, I have a, I got a flutter spoon tied on. I got a Castmaster tied on, and I have a. I don't have a rattle. I don't. I don't have a. I have a rattle bait on, but I don't have a rattling spoon on. And like I said, we're going to get into those other baits on a different podcast, um, so I won't dig into that right now. But those are the three kind of the ways. The, those are the ways I break down spoons, and I even have those in my boxes. The the in my my main ice fishing spoon box, I have that those categories set up. I got my rattlers here, I got my flutters here, and I got my heavy metals over here. So I got that set up. And like I said, if you want to see that, go look at the YouTube page, um, uh, or might even check out Instagram as well. But go check out the YouTube page. You'll see me go over all these. Uh, also, uh, moving on to jigs now. When it comes to jigs, you know, what I have, I used to have a, you know, small, small, medium, large type of situation. But now I've, uh, with the introduction and the explosion of tungsten, the takeover of tungsten, I've, I've gone through, I've gone into tungsten jigs and I've gone into my kind of, uh, uh, non-tungsten jigs, leadhead jigs or whatever still. Uh, and also, I also added to, so before that, my main jigs were kind of like uh, dead stick jigs and vertical jigs. So what I mean by a dead stick jig is um, those are those jigs that you're going to present in a dead stick pattern. Uh, now, if you haven't heard or you're not familiar with dead stick, I, I think I, I think one of the ice fishing episodes I did a couple years ago last year, there's one on the dead stick. But basically, it's just a a, a rod that's non-active and it's just sitting there. So it's one of those deals where um, it's fishing for yourself. So th- these th- a dead stick rod is going to be one that you're going to put live bait on, you're going to put dead bait on, or you're going to put some soft plastics to attract it if maybe you can't use uh, bait in a particular bo- body of water, so you use a plastic. But it's basically a presentation that sits there and fishes for itself. You can put this uh, either on the bottom, you could put it, Mid calm, you could put all the way, you know, a couple feet uh, below the ice. And in certain situations, when I'm fishing for rainbow trout or trout in general, I'll have it a couple feet uh, from the surface of the ice uh, because that's where a lot of fish, you know, go. You know, the, the whole the whole uh, mindset with trout is early fish the bottom. As soon as the the, the higher the sun gets, uh, that's the, that means the higher your bait should get. So those are kind of the, the ways that I would I would put jigs into and. When I'm talking about, you know, dead stick options, dead stick jigs, you can you can use any type of jig in both situations. My favorite types of jigs to use in those situations are the ones where they're either going to be they're horizontal or they're they I mean they can be horizontal or vertical. And I prefer the horizontal baits because I like to tip a lot of minnows, uh, live head, live minnows, dead minnows, uh, whatever the situation calls for or whatever I can do. But there are also situations, too, to where you can present a vertical jig and have it sitting straight vertical and have the hook uh, either you either hook a wax worm or a, a minnow, maybe a dead minnow, minnow head. You hook it in a way that it stays horizontal. But within that presentation, uh, you get a unique look 
and it might, you know, say, say if, uh, the reason why you have a desk presentation is say, if you're on the other rod, right, that's, you know, within a few feet of your dead stick and you're using a heavy metal spoon, a spoon where you're beating up the bottom, you're creating all that disturbance. Well, here comes a fish, uh, uh kind of looks at, look, is, is not a, it doesn't want anything to do with kind of what you're doing with that spoon, but kind of looks over here and, and sees your, pre, your dead stick presentation on that jig. Uh, and it looks like it's, you know, maybe it came up from that bottom. That fish will go and attack that, eat that bait. Then boom, you got a fish on that. But if you weren't doing the dead stick pre, or you weren't doing the beating up the bottom, you may not have had that fish come in. So one works off the other in most cases with a dead stick scenario, but those, those, those jigs, uh, those dead stick jigs, they can be anything. Um, I like to use a shorter shank hook for a dead stick option for live bait instead of those longer shank hooks. Uh, uh, with the longer shanked hooks, and and I'm talking sp specifically about like ball head jigs now because there are some ball head jigs that I will use, but I have to have a live minnow on them, and that's when I go through to the whole minnow if I don't tip it. And usually I'm jigging with that live with that minnow and that presentation, but sometimes I will let that that I will let that sit as a dead stick. But if I'm not, if I'm strictly dead stick, I don't like the long shank hooks because you put the long shank hooks on there. And if you don't, if you're not running a jaw jacker, um, which is essentially a tip up that self set a hook type type of situation, Google it if you don't know what it is uh, or some type of uh, uh, bite alert system. You know, if you have a long shank hook and you're not really paying attention to that rod and that dead stick presentation, that fish can steal your bait. And you won't even get won't even get hooked. It'll get nibbled off because that hook shank's so long. So that's for me. Pre that's personal preference. I like a shorter shank hook on my dead stick jig presentation. Now, those dead stick jigs, I'm going to ultimately use lead heads. There's no reason to have a tungsten jig on a dead stick, and the reason why that is because. A dead stick is just that. It's just, it's sitting there. It's dead. You're not using it. You're not moving it. It's just sitting there. Tungsten shines if you're going to use it. Tungsten shines when you are going to actually fish with that jig. That's where my tungsten jigs come in. The tungsten jig, the jigs I use are strictly 100% for my active jigging. Uh, and, and I use the same presentations I use. I use a vertical presentation or I use a horizontal presentation. Depends if I'm using live bait. A dead minnow, live minnow, or even uh, uh, a, a soft plastic. But I like to use the tungstens for my active presentations because the tungsten, this is where it comes in the line situation again. Also, again, the line, the matching the line with the weight and the size of your jig is so extremely important with both of these situations. Uh, you can't have, you know, a tiny little jig down there on four pound test and it looks like it's tied to a piece of rope. It, you, you'll have that happen and that fish gets a good look at it. Again, this ice fishing is the ultimate, the ultimate finesse sport, uh, the ultimate finesse form of fishing. So that fish has a lot longer time to look at that long, giant piece of rope tied to this little tiny jig. So remember that uh, when you're dead sticking, lighter line, four pound test and under would, would be my ideal situation for most situations. Yeah, of course, if you're going up, we can get into that. But I would start out four pound and under if I'm dead sticking, 100% fluorocarbon for sure. Uh, not 100% fluorocarbon, but 100% go lighter. Uh, as, as opposed to heavier and dead stick option. You can look at the tungsten, same situation, you know, smaller, but with the tungsten, uh, since it's different type of metal, 
a smaller jig is going to be heavier than a, the same size of jig on the lead head. So now you can use, you can get away with maybe a little bit heavier uh, line, maybe a little bit heavier fluorocarbon, just maybe. But again, I would stay in those lighter situations, those those four pound on the high end if you're looking at a fluorocarbon, but a, a, a four pound on a mono is the best way I could say it. If you're going to go on the high end, I would go a six pound uh uh, six pound fluorocarbon. You're gonna go down on the low end. I would go. I would go a, a four pound mono. So mono. Uh, remember the line diameter on both of those are gonna be smaller. And if you're using a super line like a braided line, then things are gonna be different. And you're using uh, leaders. And again, you can use light leaders. That, that those change. That that stuff changes. So with tungsten, my active jigs, they're they're pure tungsten. I've totally invested myself. I'm not saying suggesting you do it, but maybe you should get yourself a couple tungsten jigs. There's nothing wrong with having a couple tungsten jigs out there. And when I and, when, and don't get it twisted now. I don't have like a box full of thousands of jigs. You're going to see. I have very very minimal. I am not the kind of guy that goes out and buys every single thing I can buy and then come back because you're not going to use you're not going to use everything you read in the In Fisherman Ice Fishing magazine. You go and buy everything you see in that. You're not going to use it all. So my suggestion would, would be to when you're picking out certain types of jigs, because there's so many of them, I can't even go over them because there's so many types of jigs. Go pick some out. Go pick some tungstens out. Go pick some lead heads out. And then figure out what works best for you. As always, figure out what works best for you. But for me, the tungsten are better when you're active jigging and you're and you're doing real slow, uh, maybe you're doing little hops, the tungsten, just the way it, it moves and it dances. I love to use kind of those Euro tackle plastics uh, matched up with a little bro bug, a little tungsten bro bug. Uh, I, I love that presentation for crappie or for bluegill. Um, and you can ju- do that little, it, it just, just the way it, the, the way tungsten and the way you move your line and work your, work that bait just looks a lot different than it does with a lead head jig so i would definitely look at investing in some kind type of tungsten jigs look out if you don't have them like i said you don't need to turn over everything into tungsten i know those can be a little bit more expensive but just go buy a handful go out there and give them a try so that's kind of what i look at with with jigs i know jigs is a little bit more broad but but they are you have to figure out what works best for you. And that's my, that's the biggest lesson that I'm going to have on every single one of these podcasts for the most part is I'm going to give you a basis on what I do. And again, I could go over every single, I could try attempt to go over a single jig that is made, but it's going to take forever. And it's not going to make much difference to you. You guys have to go out there. You have to go out there and put it in the water, uh, tie it on into your line and try it out and figure out what works best for you. But I would definitely look into the tungstens and I would definitely look at having uh, uh, locking in, really locking in how you set up your dead stick will help you out uh, with uh, your active rod, but look at some kind of a spoon jig combo, uh, a jig on your dead stick and, and, uh, you know, spoon and, and Hey, don't even be afraid to use a spoon as a dead stick. Uh, I've done that. I've switched out trebles or I've kept trebles on and I put a live minnow or a piece of waxy, a double waxy, uh, on a spoon. If you jiggle a little bit, then you let it sit. Then maybe you're working a jig or a jig and a minnow on your other rod and you got two active rods. Don't, don't be afraid to do that either. That can, that can be very beneficial. Um, 
It doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter what's down there. Uh, get, get trying to match the hatch out of your head and try to understand what you're trying to achieve down there with, with fishing and, and what's going on down there as far as down there being uh, uh, where you are fishing, either it's on the bottom of the water, the middle of the water column, top of the water column, wherever you are trying to catch these fish, try to figure out what's going down there and don't always try to match the hatch and I got to get something down there that looks like a shad. I got to get something down there that looks like a worm. I mean, don't don't get stuck with that mindset. You gotta you gotta get the you gotta sell these fish. You gotta become a salesperson when you are a angler. You you have to get these fish to sell. You have to get them to buy into what you're selling out there. So that's gonna do it for today on the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out. I had a couple people reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, oh yeah, go and go and follow us on Instagram. Uh, Outdoor Ed uh, Fish Camp Hunt. If you have any questions, shoot me a message. If I don't get to you, uh, I'll try to do my best to get to you. But uh, shoot me a question, um, and I'll try to answer it or maybe even do a podcast about it. Maybe I'll get somebody on that knows what they're talking about if I don't know what's going on uh, with that particular question. Uh, Make sure you follow us there. Follow us on Facebook, too, um, over there if you want to see what we got going on. I'm starting to put more stuff on the schedule as COVID gets over with. And I haven't really done a whole lot of stuff lately because it's been canceled because of COVID. Uh, the new Amaracron, Marion, um, you know, you got served uh, variant that's out there is is uh, shutting down a lot of my crap. So, or I shouldn't say crap, but it, it just makes me frustrated that I've had to cancel quite a bit of clinics and other things that I got going on. So I've just kind of been laying low, waiting for this all to die down. But uh, I got an episode out for you now. I'm going to have another one for you, too, here on Friday. It's it's uh, this one. You will get this on Wednesday morning, uh, and you will have another one on Friday as well. I'm going to get into more of the the rattling baits, the jigging or the ripping baits as far as it pertains to ice fishing, and maybe even a little bit of rods uh, selection, too. So, uh, like I said, as always, um, if you like the podcast, uh, I mean, feel f- consider subscribing consider leaving a rating consider leaving a review if it is applicable uh other than that uh, go follow us on all the socials outdoor ed fish camp hunt and uh get involved uh let me know what you think if you have any questions uh feel free to ask uh but um 2022 uh good luck this season on everything that we do and uh hope to see you out there on the water in the woods or wherever <laughs>